Well, here I am once again with the opportunity to share what's in my heart. And uh, I'm really excited about the word that I have this morning. Um, I really feel that it's, it's so much in line with what God is doing. And in line with this, the word that Steve preached last week on family, and just a sense of the church as a family. And um, uh, he preached a great message and, and, and kind of he homed in on what that looks like. What does a family, a church family look like? And, um, and so I'm excited this morning to take that further and in terms of talking about spiritual moms and dads in the house and um, the fact that we are going into a season where God is going to multiply us. He's going to add to our numbers, those who are being saved. And there's just such a sense of commitment by, by the leadership and all those that um, are involved in, in the life of this church. Um, we're all amped and we're so fully committed to seeing ourselves and every member of this church family reaching out, engaging, loving the lost, equipping and empowering the saints and transforming the city around us and not just our city but our nation and not just our nation but the nations of the world. So we, we are committed to this. We are committed for next year, for 2019 and beyond um, to, to be people that bring life and bring life to overflowing. And uh, so we're excited and um, and so we need to be adequately prepared for a new season of God multiplying and, and adding numbers. And um, so we need spiritual moms and dads to rise up, to take on a wonderful godly task of raising up spiritual children to become mature, healthy adults. Adults that will surpass us as moms and dads who will multiply who raise up future generations of spiritual children into mature, healthy productive adults and so that's what I want to talk about this morning I want to talk about family, about moms and dads about fathering mainly, um, <clears throat> and about family and we touched on that this morning quite a lot about family come out this morning already in the pre-meeting and in our meeting and in every family there's tension and the tension exists between the value of the individual and the, the value of the family group in a healthy family uh, the mother and father want their children to succeed they want their children to surpass them and go beyond them um, they recognize that their children are not clones, that every child is different. Every child has got different giftings and talents um, and character and nature. And that moms and dads require skillful hands and loving hearts to bring out the very best in each individual without negatively impacting the rest of the members of the family. And I know when we talk about family, I know that so many of us that are sitting here right now have had negative, very adverse, very painful, very difficult 
times of and perceptions of family. Because moms and dads, um, or their life situation when they were children, caused irreversible breakdown of two family values and positive godly outcomes in their lives, leaving deep wounds of orphanhood and immense pain. And for those people, it's hard to understand what a good family is like, what a good mom and dad is like. It's hard for them to understand um, God's plan for family. And for those people right now, and I sense in my spirit that right now the people that are sitting here that have got a lot of pain that come from when they were this high and it's been with them right through their lives. I want to say to you right now that Jesus is the lover of your soul. That God is able to just take away that pain, those memories of pain and hurt and to take your, your soul that's been battered and bruised and just to wash all that away in one instant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so even right now, I want to speak that over people here right now that are carrying hurt, whose, whose souls are battered and bruised. I want to say, Jesus, you're the lover of their soul. I speak the river of life to just come right now and to flow over every soul. To wash away hurt, to wash away the painful memories and to leave behind healing and wholeness and everything fading into a distant memory. I thank you right now for wholeness and healing through the Holy Spirit. I just sense some healing happening even now and we, we haven't really got going. So friends, this is why we need to get back to the blueprint of authentic family, the blueprint of authentic fatherhood. Um, we have to go back to the family of God. We have to go back to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have to go back to the author of authentic family and authentic fatherhood, Father God. So I just want to take this um, a minute to just read the scripture from Ephesians 3, verse 14 and 15. But I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Bible, so I don't think many of you have got that here this morning. <clears throat> it says, For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan, by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and, and derives its name. So what the scripture says is that God is the author of all family and all fatherhood. He initiated it. He, he started it. And, um, and every family uh, and every father take their cue from Father God. He aligns our hearts with his. And then we can resonate 
our fatherhood through to our family, to our church, and to the world around us. But, but He needs to tune our hearts first into His heart to understand the Father heart of God so that we can take that Father heart and transmit it to the people around us that God is calling us to raise up and to surpass us. As fathers and mothers, we see ourselves as part of a huge eternal family of whom God is the Father. We have yet to meet the vast majority of our brothers and sisters who have gone before us um, in the saints. Uh, But, in fact, we do have uh, a lot of our brothers and sisters with us right here and right now. And all of us, past, present, and future, we form the family of God and the communion of saints. Quite a great and awesome thing to think on. So take a look at the person sitting on either side of you. And you must know that they will always be your brother. They will always be your sister. There will never actually be a time when... Yeah, take a good look, J.D. Take a good look. Guys, whether you spouses or not, take a good look at the person next to you <laughs> and know that they will always be your brother. They'll always be your sister in Christ forever. There won't be any time when they are not your, your spiritual siblings. Amen. Does that worry you? <laughs> are you happy about that? <laughs> So this morning I want to be sharing on fatherhood. The title of my message is The Father and His Family. Just some background and personal testimony in my own life uh, to begin with. Unfortunately my wifey uh, should be sitting there this morning but um, I don't know whether she's on one of the couches or whatever but she has a bit of a bug and she's not feeling so good. So um, that's unfortunate. And maybe we can pray for her a bit later. But Jolene's been my wife for 40 years. And we have three children. And um, they're all married. Two wonderful spouses that live all over the world. Our son Tyron is 38. And his wife Lydia and uh, little baby boy, they live in L.A. Um, There's our daughter Jen. She's 36. And her and her husband Harry live in Amsterdam. And then there's Gabby, our light lama key, she's 24. And her husband, Justin, is in Cape Town. Oh, Helena, Fulbright. Yeah, just thinking about, where is she? Welcome. Good to see you. Good to have you back. We've missed you. We've missed you. <laughs> Talking about family, hey? Talking about family. Yeah, so... And, and Gabby, and so she's 24, and she lives in Cape Town with her husband, Justin. She's coming through for Christmas, so the only one that'll be with us, which is amazing. At least we'll have one, one of our kids. Unfortunately, I got radically saved when I was about 35 years old, and when my children were, were still small, and it was before Gabby was born, the Lot Lamaki. And um, what made all the difference in our lives was that fact that I got saved. Um, I started to think where we would all be as a family right now. How life would actually 
have turned out if Father God never made a grand entrance into my life, if I never got radically saved and got my priorities back into order and, and, and had God just like really in a powerful way in my life, where would my family be right now? I don't want to think about it. Um, but I was radically saved in May 1988. I got all my priorities back in order. First God, then family, uh, and then others. And then, fam- and then money actually went to the very bottom of my list. And Father God wiped my slate clean. Um, and he began to personally teach me so many things about fatherhood. Right from the scratch. And so, so much. But I, the things I remember is that he's always so patient. That he was always kind and generous and caring. Always so happy to spend as much time with me as possible. Nothing changed. Um, always looking out for me. Uh, always planning for the very best outcomes in my life. Always making space for me and encouraging me. And always working everything to my good and for my best interest. Behind the scenes. Always taking everything and turning it around. Anything that looked like a failure turned it around into a resigning success. And I remember vividly holding uh, my, my oldest son, Tara, in my arms and just looking at him dotingly and, and lovingly. And while I was doing that, I had this, this, this revelation. And I think a lot of you guys probably had it as well when you were holding your children, of God saying, now you know how I feel about you. The same way that you're looking at your son dotingly and just like such love that you don't want to put him down, that you're just enfolding him. That's exactly, exactly my heart for you. And I picked that up. It was something solid, solidly founded in me that I know, that I know to this day, uh, that God loves me so immensely. That, and that will never, ever, ever change. Amen. So overwhelming. God was teaching me and revealing fatherhood to me, encouraging me and showing me how to apply these lessons. Firstly, in my family, in the church. Uh, and then also in the marketplace as well. The message I've got loud and clear is this, that a good father and mother is someone who elders and raises up people to surpass them in every area and in every sphere of their lives, whether it be uh, in the church, in the family, or in the marketplace, wherever you are. You are a leader in the kingdom, and God wants you to take people under your wing and to raise them up to surpass you. And so to be clear, when I speak of fathers, I'm naturally also including moms as well. All dads know who actually do most of the hard, tedious, and painful work. Don't you dads? You know who does most of the painful work uh, of, of raising children. But we get the opportunity as dads to, to um, really be the, the actual element in the family that consolidates everything and that leads the whole family in the direction and the way that they should go in a, in, in a godly ways.
There's so much that, that I feel that God showed me, but I'm going to focus what I believe are some of the most important values for, for good fathering. And obviously, I'm speaking for Joe and myself. Are you guys okay so far? For the sake of not repeating myself, I'm going to refer to our children. Okay, because there's so many places that we can raise up and be moms and dads. Um, but the exact same principles apply in the church context and in the world. The purpose is always the same, eldering and raising up our children and leaders and people to surpass us. The primary application of this message this morning is to simulate and to encourage spiritual moms and dads in this house of Highway Church. This is the primary uh, application. This is the primary purpose of this message, moms and dads of Highway Church, to stimulate you and to encourage you. So the first, the first thing is that good fathers love to spend quality time with their children. Time is love in any child's vocabulary. Let's, let's face the facts. The more time you spend with me, the more that I know that you really love me. The more time then I know that you really care, that you prepare to take time out from your busyness to spend it with me. It means a lot. For, for me, Father, Dad, that's the most important thing, to know that it doesn't matter what time of the day or when. I, or whenever I go to God, He never turns me away. He never rejects me. He always receives me. He always spends time with me, and He loves doing just that. Amen. So I've really loved being a dad. And apart from all the mistakes I've made, I know that there's one area that I never failed. That was to spend quality time with every one of my kids. I spent every minute that I could with my children. Especially at night before bedtime, reading stories, chatting with them, praying with them, going to just actually even setting and structuring my life in such a way that I was able to work from home. And be there when my kids came home. I could go to Gala's. I could go watch them playing soccer and get involved in their lives. Because I knew a time would come that they wouldn't be there anymore. And that if I never spent every minute that I could, that I would actually come to regret it. But I know that if there's one thing I did, and that is that I did spend that quality time with my kids. Because they're gone before you can blink. And you can never wind the clock back. The time is love. So that's the first one, dads and moms. The next one is that good fathers speak eternal destiny over their children. Ask God to show you who he has created each one of your children to be. They're all different. They're not clones. They're unique, handcrafted, handmade by God so that he can display his glory and his splendor through them. What are their giftings? What are their dreams? What are their talents, purposes? What is their calling? Ask God and he will show you. And then when he's showing you, take that and speak his destiny over them. Not negative, hurtful opinions. Not the opinions of men. They don't need harshful hurtful words, 
but they desperately need words of life. We can get irritated with our children. But in our irritation, do not call them derogatory names or put ungodly labels onto them. You're stupid. You always, you never will. You always, you're useless. These ungodly labels can stick onto people right through their lives, causing a negative impact in their future. I feel right now, just as I'm speaking, I felt God saying that right now there are people sitting here that have ungodly labels, and I felt almost like on their sleep. And that that is what's put ceilings on your life. That is what's caused you to accept less than what God has planned and purposed for you. And I will say right now, in the name of Jesus, uh, I command every ungodly label to be ripped off right now in the name of Jesus. I feel God saying that somebody here who's been told that they're the black sheep of the family, that is a lie, okay? That is a lie. Do not accept it. Just reject that in the name of Jesus. I take every negative word that's been spoken over you and I bring it into captive and to the word of God and the opinion of God and to the heart of God for you. Those are lies. And from this day, they're coming off right now and ceilings are going to be lifted over your life and you're going to be able to walk into in the freedom and the plans and the purposes that God has for you. No longer will the enemy allow you to believe a lie. Which is stopping you from moving into God's plans and purposes. Maybe we can just pray about that a bit later as well. I just also felt to pray forgiveness over moms and dads, over siblings, over teachers, over spiritual leaders who have spoken negative prophecy over people's lives, who have put those ungodly labels on people, not realizing that the enemy is using them to inhibit and intimidate and thwart the purposes of God in people's lives. Amen. And you will know if you are one of those who, who are being impacted or have been impacted by that in the past. But I'll say to you no longer, do not reject, do not accept, but reject every single label that's been put on you that is not the opinion of God over your life. Just reject it now. So tell your children what amazing things you see for their future. Envision them, inspire them. Constantly pray for them and pray over them while they're sleeping. Uh, Steve came up with a testimony this morning about the McLarens and about taking authority and declaring stuff. You know? Now if you declare stuff over a field and it does that, can you imagine what happens when you declare stuff over your children and over people? What's going to happen? That's a field. 
great. But how much more valuable are people when you just declare the purposes of God over your children, over every situation, what God is saying, not what opinions are saying, your opinion even, other people's opinion, but God's opinion, what God is thinking and what he says about that person. Okay, so that's the second one. So the third one is good fathers always encourage and affirm their children. So the first one is uh, good fathers love to spend quality time with their children. Second one, good fathers speak God's eternal destiny over their children. The third one now is good fathers always encourage and affirm their children. There's enough discouragement and negativity in the world that our children have to face every single day. Do they need more of it in the home? Do they need more of it in a safe place, which is supposed to be a good place to be? And the answer is definitely not. They need encouragement. Always have a positive response to their suggestions and aspirations. Even if some of them sound a little bit outlandish, Remember, they're different to you. They're not, they're not clones of you. God's made them different. Listen to them and, and encourage them. Give them space. Uh, encourage them to take risks. Tell them that you believe in them. Always help them in every possible way that you can. Don't thwart their, their attempts and their purposes. Help them in every way that you possibly can to fulfill their dreams and their desires. And when they fall, don't shoot them down in flames. Let them know that you're there for them when they take a risk and it doesn't come off and they fall flat on their face. Be there for them. Let them know that it's okay, that, that this is going to be uh, a way of helping them to grow so that this won't happen again in the future. This is going to be good for them. It's going to work to their good. Point out their mistakes, but with a redemptive, loving heart. Be quick to forgive. Don't keep harping on and digging up their failures and their mistakes. Otherwise, what's going to happen is every time they make a mistake, if we keep on harping on it and really, really coming down heavily, they're going to stop taking risks. The moment they stop taking risks, then they're going to stop growing because we need risks and we need to stretch ourselves to grow. And so we need to encourage them to always take risks and be the ca their catch net when they fall. Amen. You guys are very quiet up there. Okay. Encourage them to stand on your shoulders. Usher them into the greater plans and purposes that God has for them. Be ecstatic when you see them surpassing you. When you see your children surpassing you, okay, don't be jealous, for goodness sake. I mean, a lot of parents and people are jealous and they want to pull their parents down. Even in business, you raise a guy up and he's like starting to fly. And then the next minute, guys are doing everything possible to chop their heads off and to pull them down. Be ecstatic because it means that you've done a great job as a mom or dad. Give yourself a pat on the back. And, and let them fly. 
Amen? It's a sure sign that you've done a really good job. The next thing is good fathers remember to bring God into every difficult, perplexing situation. Joe and I often talk about our kids, and when we do, we're totally astounded because we made so many really, really bad mistakes. And when we think back, we're embarrassed about some of the things that we did as parents. And we, we actually flummoxed. But the only thing that we can put it down to is that whenever we got to a place where we were out of our depth, where we didn't know what to do anymore, whether we, when we were at the end of our tether, we, we remembered one thing, to bring God into our equation, to say, God, we just don't know anymore. We, we just really lost you. We've tried everything. Maybe we should have gone to you first, but actually, we're still going to you now. And we're asking you, please, won't you come into this equation? Won't you come and, and, and actually make a way now where there is no way? And, and I think, you know, the moment that you can just remember to bring God, to bring Jesus into that equation, to that situation, everything will turn out just fine. If we can just remember to bring God into every situation, it will always turn out just fine. And I look at Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He, and He will make your path straight. And so God is waiting there on the side to make our path straight. But when we're leaning on ourselves and not on Him and we're not going to Him, He's not going to button. He's not going to barge in. But when we go and say, God, help us, we just don't know anymore. Um, we found so many things where uh, after we prayed and committed and just held it up before God, how the whole situation just turned. And we look back three, three months or four months afterwards and we just see that problem ain't there anymore. It's gone. And God's resolved the whole thing. Amen. So good dads, remember to bring God into every perplexing situation. The fifth one is good fathers leave an inheritance for their children. It's funny, the moment you mention the word inheritance, everybody thinks <laughs> about money and things. Okay, And there's nothing wrong with leaving your, your, your kids with, with stuff, with assets. Um, nothing wrong at all. But I'm talking more about, not so much about what you have, assets, but rather about who you have in God and who you are in character and values that have been instilled in you. And that is more the kind of inheritance that I'm talking about. And what I mean is that... Uh, Helping kids financially is great, but you can go through difficult times financially and you can lose everything. I've been there twice. But if you have a good relationship with God and you know that He's always with you and that His favor rests on you, then it won't be long before you bounce back again. And likewise, if you also have 
godly values that your parents instilled in you, like brave, courageous, valiant, positive, wise, persistent, patient, gracious, kind, loving, hardworking, giving, caring, compassionate, etc., etc. Those are incredibly good godly values. If you have those, then you are going to bounce back even quicker. And I attribute that in my own life to the values that my parents fought hard to instill in me. And good fathers content to establish godly values in their children. It's easy to just let things slide, to just let things <clears throat> slip, and rather not to confront on any issues, sweep it under the carpet. You may be buying some peace for yourself, but you are not doing your children any favors for the future at all. You are not doing them any favors. When you are contending or confronting an issue, explain what you're doing and exactly what value you're striving to install. And that you're not pick, picking on them because you're in a bad mood, but rather because you're fighting for them to instill a, and establish a, God of, a godly value that will stand them in good stead for the future. For example, if one of your children or, you know, somebody that you are raising up um, blatantly is lying about something. You need to confront them. And, and, and you, you need to just explain to them that it's important that you confront them because you're trying to instill the value of, of honesty and truthfulness in them, which will stand them in good stead for the future. Explain Otherwise, it can just be, ah, oh, you're just picking me and picking on me and, and then there's defiance and all sorts of things. And I found the best thing is right in the beginning, say, look, let's take a seat. Can we just chat about this? I want to confront this issue. The reason why I want to confront it is because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm doing it for you. And I'm fighting here for you. So I'm not looking to pull you down. I'm wanting to help build something in you for the future. And then immediately you have got somebody who's far more pliable and, and more attentive and more kind of cooperative. Um, good fathers model a real, loving, authentic daily relationship with God and constantly contend to instill and entrench godly values in their children which builds lifelong character and equips and adequately prepares them for every battle that lies ahead. So those values that you are instilling in them, that you're fighting for, that's what they need for the future. That's what they need, that when the rubber hits the road and the wheels fall off, that actually they've got a solid foundation to, to rely on, that, that with God and with those values, they will surely bounce back up to, up to the top again. The next value is <clears throat> good fathers know when to let go. There comes a time for every mom and dad when your child has learned all the lessons, that you've taught them everything that you can really teach them. And 
when you continue to tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and, and all that, they begin to then resent it because you've done all that. Now all they actually really want to do is they want to do that themselves and they want you to stand by and watch them and advise them and, and, and give them counsel. That's what they really, really want. And so it's actually a time when we need to swap control for, for influence. And rather than control, uh, we have influence as we now are close friend, confidant, a peer, but somebody that they can really trust and rely on. And then they will come to us when they need help and we're going to be there um, to help them. Does that make sense? Someone to advise them and to coach them. Um, and it's critical time because if you, if you start holding on to the control and you don't hand over and you don't do the swap in time, you're going to find they get frustrated. You're going to be doing this all the time. They, they probably will end up moving out. And then it takes years to then restore and reestablish their trust uh, in you as a close friend and confidant. They'll, they'll go to other people rather than come to you. So it really is critical. It's really, really important to make that change and to know when to do it. And then finally, good fathers need to learn to take courage from their children. So, one fine morning, good moms and dads will wake up to find that all the sacrifices, love, friendship, help, heartache and frustration have paid off. And that the children are now flying high and doing stuff that you never dreamed or imagined were possible. And you will wonder how this all happened and be totally astounded at their bravery and their courage and their tenacity. You'll just look and say, my word, what, what the heck is going on here? They, they're really like, they're flying high. And then there's a sense of loss, yeah, but, but it's like, oh my word, they're gone. You know, I, I, I didn't realize it would happen this quickly. I wasn't prepared for this, okay? Um, I was really enjoying being a dad. I was really enjoying being part of their lives and having them, you know, all together in one place. And now they are, they're gone. And there's a sense of loss. It is, it's difficult. But actually, we need to take courage from them and say, you know what? They are doing everything that we taught them to do. And so, yeah, we, we, we've done a great job. Now we need to release them and still carry on doing all the things that we did, even though they're not around. And then what happens is we start taking courage from them. And they are now the ones cheering us on from the sidelines, encouraging us to go and now and to do the greater things. So now all of a sudden you are getting courage from your children. They're encouraging you. They are lifting you up. They are now kind of coming 
and doing all the things that you taught them to do and they're doing it in your own life. And they are now beginning to raise you up further than you expected to God because of their bravery, their courage, and their tenacity. Amen. So that's my message this morning. Uh, yeah, so I think we're on time. And I just felt today, I felt to pray for some of the things that maybe I prayed for <laughs> in my preach is the ungodly labels I felt was really something that is holding people back um, and just those ungodly labels to come off in the name of Jesus and then for, for pain and, and rejection an orphan spirit um, deep wounds souls that are battered and bruised uh, Jesus is the healer and the lover of our souls. And I just felt that the river that flows from the throne of God would just come under the threshold and it would actually flow over people and actually through them, right through them, healing them and washing away, washing away hurts, washing away pain and healing inner wounds that are deep because Jesus specializes in that very thing. He's the healer of the broken hearts. And I just felt today that he wanted to come and do that by his spirit. And then for discouragement and disqualification, you know what? I want to pray for the words of God to be spoken over people, for everything that's disqualified them and discouraged people today. I want them to hear the words of a loving father who loves him in a way that is indescribable. And that discouragement, that disqualification would just flee in the name of Jesus and that they be empowered by Father God's acceptance, grace, and empowering grace today. And then I felt for people that were carrying unforgiveness, where they've been trampled in her, by people that have led them in their lives, even from the time they were little, I felt now it's the time to forgive. Because that forgiveness has been like a, a root of bitterness in your heart. And in many cases, it stopped you from flowing with the power and the love of God. Because it becomes a poison. And I felt that today is the day to forgive and to release and to find healing and wholeness coming. Whether it be for moms or dads, or whoever, church leaders in the past. So it's time to let go. So yeah, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus.